Hey, good morning, Sycamore View. I want to invite you to go ahead and open your Bibles to Psalm chapter 145. We're going to be at the very end of the Psalms this morning. Uh, welcome everyone to church today. I want to welcome all of our first-time guests, all of our guests. I'm so glad you're here, and I hope you will take advantage of that little spot in the bulletin where you can fill out a, something we can pray for over you. It gives us a chance to know you better and to take you before God. I also want to welcome those who join us on live stream. It's a, it's a great opportunity for those who are not able to be with us on a Sunday to stay connected to our, our church body. So I, I welcome you. I want to let you know on February 2nd, it's a Sunday, uh, my wife Casey and I are going to have a focused prayer time in that worship service. And, and the focus is going to be for peace, peace over storms in our lives, peace over those who are dealing with stress, peace over relationships. Uh, so there's going to be a little time in our worship service that we are going to have a focused prayer time, uh, laying hands on people, asking the blessing of God on people. So this may be a great opportunity for you to invite friends and guests to come and join you on Sunday, February 2nd. Uh, the last five psalms, really the last six psalms, are about the praise of God. The last five are called the Hallow Psalms. All of them begin with praise the Lord. In fact, the very last verse in the psalms, you have 150 of them. We have all these emotions that come into the Psalms, all kind of genres. The very last verse we have in the Psalms is let everything that has breath praise the Lord. I love the last five Psalms. They've become something I go back to quite a bit because they are just acknowledging the greatness of God. Uh, psalm 145, it's the sixth to last Psalm. It's the last Psalm we have of David and it goes like this. It says, I will exalt you, my God, the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Every day I will praise you and extol your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. The last six Psalms, it's like this compilation of all the Psalms coming together. And it's like our God is worthy to be praised no matter what storm we've been through, no matter what emotion we're carrying. God is so good. And it's in those last few Psalms, it's like everything, everything praise the Lord. Stars, you come and praise the Lord. Nature, praise the Lord. People, praise the Lord. And those last few psalms are even like, hey, what instrument do you have that we can offer up to God in praise? Who has a tambourine? Bring it, let's praise the Lord. Where's the lyre? Where's the harp? Who has, a, who has the cymbals? And just bring it into prayer. Strings and pipes. Who has the elementary school recorder? Don't bring those into praise. Uh, those, those aren't going to make it into heaven one day. But everything you have, it comes together for praise. About seven or eight years ago, I told you a story about the last time I led worship in a worship setting. Uh, I was uh, in Abilene at the time. Casey and I were newlyweds. I had a buddy who preached at a church an hour outside of Abilene called Moran. And it was a church of 15 people. And he asked me to go to preach for him one day. And he said, I need you to preach and I need you to do a combined class. Uh, so I showed up that morning prepared to do a combined class and to preach a sermon. It was a church of 15 people. And my buddy told me, if one family's gone, the church will be down to seven. So one family was half the church. When I showed up, all 15 were there. So in this place, I also, I walk in the church, and then I find out once I'm in there, not only am I teaching a combined class and a sermon, but I also was leading singing. I had the opening prayer, the closing prayer. I had the prayer for the bread, cup, and offering. And because of a lack of mobility in the room, I was the only one who could pass trays that day. I did everything. Which wasn't a big problem because most of those things I've done most of my life, but leading singing is a gift that just skipped over me. Uh, my brother has it. My parents, my sister to the day she died was involved in some kind of worship uh, ministry, uh, but it just skipped over me. So I went over to Casey and it's like, Casey, you won't believe this. I have to lead singing today. And there was no boost of confidence that came from my wife to me that morning. 
basically she kind of laughed and she gave me a pat on the shoulder and said good luck and I'm just so glad that at the time cell phones didn't have video social media wasn't a thing because my wife would have Instagram live this entire thing and I stood up and I called out the cadence you know please turn in your hymnal to number 810-810 and and then it just hit me I don't know how to start a song I don't know how to read music and so I just kind of would start a song then people would take it and carry it and I and I started thinking, you know, what am I supposed to do when I lead singing? And I remember people moving their hands. So I began to move my hand. And it was probably something like this. I just was trying to move it to a beat. And all I remember, I'll never forget this. My wife was sitting on the, about the fourth row in this church. And she put a hand up in the air so I could see it. And she put her other hand on top of it and she made a motion down. <laughs> okay, we, we are not supposed to, do not use a hand for the rest of this service. And you know, most of the people in that church that day, they didn't really care. They were there with a love for God, with a desire just to sing and to praise and to be together. Have you ever had a time in your life when you just got caught up in the praise and you didn't even expect it? Like maybe you were driving down the road and there was a rainbow. Maybe you were just going about your life and a text message came through or a phone call from someone, like there was a breakthrough in their life and, and your response was just praise the Lord, praise God. Uh, Casey and I were one time at a U2 concert over a decade ago, and we were there listening to all these classics and two and a half, three hours of U2 just singing all of these songs that people have sung for decades. And then toward the end, over 50,000 of us in this football stadium, they, we started singing Amazing Grace, just acapella. And it was just a moment where you felt like the presence of God come over people. And it was just this moment that just like transported you like, whoa, I didn't expect to be in a moment of praise, but I'm in praise. And maybe there are times you've stepped into a place thinking you were about to get your praise on, but you got in there and you left and your heart wasn't in the right place. Or there was you could just feel judgment happening around the room. The last five, the last six psalms, so Psalm 145 is David's last psalm. And the last five psalms, Psalm 146 through 150, are known as the Hallow Psalms. All of them are about praising the Lord. And here's one thing about praising the Lord, especially in those last six psalms, is that when people praise the Lord, what they would do is they would recite the character of God. So I encourage you to try this. It's in your own life, whether it's in praise in a worship service or especially praise when you're by yourself, maybe in the privacy of your home. When, whenever you were praising the Lord, when you were praying, take time just to acknowledge and recite the character of God. Here's, here's how it would go. Look in chapter 145, uh, verse 8 and 9, and again in verse 13. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. Your kingdom, verse 13, your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And your dominion endures through all generations. It's just reciting, God, I'm praising you and here's why. Here's who you are. Here's the character I'm acknowledging as I'm lifting up your name. In chapter 146, verse 5 and 6, it says, Blessed are those whose help is in the God of Jacob, whose help, that God is a helper, whose hope is in the Lord their God. In verse 6, he's the maker of heaven and earth, the sea, and everything in them. He remains faithful forever. In chapter 147, verse 12 through 20, just listen to these words. 
There, there's more that goes on in these nine verses, but God blesses, God grants peace, God fills, God sends, God gives, God scatters, God hurls, God sends out his word, God makes, God declares his word. Like all these things, like God, this is who you are. It's your character. And when it comes to praising the Lord, especially what those last six Psalms teach us is when we praise God, it's saying praise the Lord, but it's also reciting and acknowledging the character and the nature of God. So there are times when uh, every day, uh, no matter if I'm in town or out of town, uh, every day I tell Casey multiple times, I love you. And sometimes it's looking her in the eye, Casey, I just want you to know, I love you. Sometimes it's I'm, I'm leaving the house or she's leaving, it's like, baby, I love you. And, and I know, I'm sure it mean a lot to Casey, but what really means a lot to her is when I take time to say, Casey, hey, just for a moment, let me tell you, let me tell you the things I love about you. I love, I love your eyes. Even though the first time, one of the first times we were out together, you closed your eyes and you asked me to tell you the color of your eyes and I, I got it wrong. I, mean, I, I think I said red or orange and I, I don't know. I mean, you caught me off guard with the question, but uh, I, I love your eyes. I love, the, I love your blue eyes. I love, I love your smile. I love how compassionate you are with people. I love, I love the loyalty in your life. I, I, you do a great job being a mother. When I take time to acknowledge some of those things about her, it means so much to her. There are times a tear comes to her eye. It's, sometimes it means more than just when I'm leaving the house saying, baby, I love you. It's, hey, let me, let me take time to tell you what I love about you. So when it comes to the Psalms and when it comes to our prayer lives, it's not that God is a narcissist. Or that God just says, you know, wakes up, hey, I just want people to take time to tell me how great I am. And say, God knows when we take time to acknowledge how good and faithful and, and when we take time to acknowledge God's character, God knows that a connection between God is happening and it makes us people who understand the kind of mission we're called to be on. Now, here's something else that happens. In Psalm 145, the last Psalm of David. And in Psalm 146 and 147, two of the last Psalms in our Bible, is that when the character of God is announced and recited, specific things are, are, are told, specific things are declared about who God is. And there are these three Psalms in Psalm 145, 146, and 147. When God is praised, justice is done. Praise and justice end up going together. Let me show you. In Psalm 145. Verse 14 through 20, it says this. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who were bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. Listen to all this is present language. It's not just what God did in the past. This is, this is who God is right now. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and faithful in all he does. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. God fulfills the desires of those who fear him. God hears their cries and God saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. In Psalm 146, verse 7 and 8, God upholds the cause of the oppressed and God gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the foreigner. He sustains the fatherless and the widow and God frustrates the ways of the wicked. In Psalm 147, verse 2 and 3, the Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcasts of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Verse 6, the Lord lifts up the downtrodden. He casts the wicked to the ground. 
So here's one thing I love about praise. When praise is done in a way that acknowledges the character of God and the nature of God, we see that who our God is is who our God is for. And when we focus on God who's sitting on the throne, when we focus on that God, our, there's unhindered devotion. We are devoted. We are looking to the God who sits on the throne. What we also realize is the God who sits on the throne is the God who walks through the streets. The God who is reigning over everything is the God who is working in the world, in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods, in the places that many of us have written off as lost or immoral or corrupt or, or poverty-stricken, whatever it may be, God is there. The God who sits on the throne is the God who is moving throughout the world to implement forms of freedom and liberation and dignity everywhere we go. So this weekend's MLK weekend, where earlier this past week on Wednesday, Martin Luther King Jr. would have celebrated his 91st birthday. And I'm sure you've seen movies or videos and you've read stories and you know quite a bit about the civil rights movement. But, you know, 50 plus years ago when the civil rights movement was happening, spiritual disciplines were a big part of it. If you wanted to participate in a march or you wanted to participate in a sit-in, you had to commit to a certain amount of spiritual disciplines. You had to be before the Lord, focusing on the Sermon on the Mount, having some contemplative uh, a contemplative life in you that's focusing on God, being prepared to enter into a struggle. And music and songs were a big part of the civil rights movement. And some of those are songs I think we're familiar with. Uh, we, we shall not be moved. Uh, this little light of mine, we shall overcome. Ain't gonna let nobody turn me around. Go tell it on the mountain. And there are, there are other songs that probably come to mind. But there's one song I, I had never heard. In fact, I don't even know the lyrics or, or, the, or, or the melody behind it. But James Bevel and Andrew Young, two men who, were, who had major influence in the civil rights movement, said that the most important song they sung was a song called I Love Everybody. And it was simple. It just went like this. I'm not going to sing it for you, but the song was this. I love everybody. I love everybody. I love everybody in my heart. And then you would repeat it. I love everybody. I love everybody. I love everybody in my heart. And they said that there were days that they would sing this song over and over again for like an hour, preparing themselves to enter into a struggle. And the way they would do it was like this. They would sing, I love everybody, I love everybody, I love everybody in my heart. And then people would be encouraged. Okay, focus on God right now. Sing this straight to God. I love everybody. I love everybody. I love everybody in my heart. And they would say, sing this for somebody in your life that you love. And you would sing it for someone you love. I love everybody. I love everybody. I love everybody in my heart. And as their hearts were connecting to God in this song, as they're singing it over people, they would be encouraged, hey, sing this over somebody it's hard to love. Sing this song for somebody who doesn't love you. And they would recite it and they would sing, I love everybody. I love everybody. I love everybody in my heart. One thing we get at the end of the Psalms is that when we praise, we, the character of God is revealed. We are honoring and acknowledging the character of God. And in doing that, we see the things God cares for. And this weekend, we're reminded of, of movement that happened decades ago and work that is still to be done. While we have made progress, there's still things to do. While we have overcome, there's more overcoming than needs to happen. And especially for my white brothers and sisters, there's not a need for you to feel guilty. Yet there is a need for all of us 
to carry responsibility of what it means to honor the past, to tell stories of the past, and to move into a brighter future for the next generation, where we are able to focus and celebrate and pray about what it means for a person to be reconciled to God and for us to be reconciled to each other while we are being reconciled to God. Alignment and praise reveals the character of God, and in doing that, our eyes are open to see all the places in our world where God is working. For the God we praise is a God to be honored, and the God we praise is a God to be obeyed. Every Sunday, when I step off this stage and I get in my car and I drive home, I enter into a neighborhood where we live in a predominantly black neighborhood. We live in a neighborhood where the large majority of our neighbors are under the poverty line. And as I drive into the neighborhood, there's sometimes this work God is doing on my heart of, hey, those songs you just sung about me, they need to let you know that God doesn't just live inside of a worship service, but this is the God who is calling us to love everything is around us. A God who is asking us to open our eyes and see that God has been working in places throughout this city for, for years, more than we could ever ask or imagine. And, and it helps me as I drive into my neighborhood to think about the neighbors around me. Miss, Miss Betty and Miss Mary, Miss Brenda and Miss Barry, uh, Miss, <laughs> Miss Mary and Miss Brenda. The neighbor in front of us and the neighbor behind us, two women who've been in our neighborhood over 50 years. It makes me think about Johnny and Charles and, and, and these other neighbors who, who've had a love for God for a long time. And, it, and what it means for us that this God we just praised, the God we just sung about in church, the God we took bread and the cup to remember who Jesus is, that this has called me to live a certain kind of way throughout every place in my life. So when I was a freshman in college, I went out to San Francisco and I've told multiple stories about this week of my life. It just opened me up to the power of God and the justice of God. And I was there with about 25 college students and we spent a week out in San Fran. We lived in a halfway house for a week. And there was one day we were going to do some ministry among the homeless just to interact with some of the homeless people in San Francisco. And, and our, our leader showed up, his name was Kenwood DeVore. I'll never forget Kenwood. He was a former boxer. A man who, who had planted a church in San Fran, a great leader, did, did jail ministry, prison ministry. And Kenwood got with us, 25 of us, and he said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to walk for one mile. And I don't want you to turn around, and I don't want you to look to the left or the right. For one mile, we're going to walk, and all we're going to do is we're going to sing songs. We're going to sing songs of praise. So if you walk for a mile... In a group of 25 at a fairly slow pace, it meant that we were going to have around 20 minutes, 20 to 30 minutes singing songs a cappella. I mean, that means you're going to sing 12 to 15 songs over that time. So for one mile, his encouragement to us was we're going to face forward and we're going to sing praise. And he said, when we get to a mile, when you see me turn around, I want you to turn around with me. And when we do, there's going to be a group that is assembled and they, they'll be following us. He said that and he put his hand on my shoulder. I was 19 years old and he said, and son, you're going to preach the gospel to him. I, I didn't have a lot of sermons I had written in my life. So here we were marching for 20 to 30 minutes, just singing songs. And I'm sitting there thinking, what am I going to say? And we got to about a mile and we turned around and there were dozens of people who had just come out of everywhere. They heard us singing and, and, and they were there. 
And we took time, a couple of us, just to share something from the Bible about the love of God and how good God is and how God loves us all and wants us all connected to Jesus. And it was just this moment for all of us that we realized when we praise God and we lift up heartfelt praise, it prepares us for mission, for service, and for life. And may we always be a church that we're praising God, we're acknowledging his character, and we're acknowledging God's nature, and that the praise we offer up in this space is preparing us to encounter God everywhere else we go. And may God give you great courage as we do that this week. I want to ask the elders and the prayer leaders, if you will, go around the room to receive people. And you'll see where these people go and where they're standing, and they are here for you. If there's something you want them to pray over, a blessing you need them to declare over you. Around this room, you see men and women who are here to receive you. And up front, there are going to be a couple of elders. If there is something you want to bring in front of this church, or if there is someone here today who wants to use this day to take advantage of this day, to declare your faith in Jesus, to confess his name and to be baptized into Christ. So let's stand together. Let's sing this song as it